Hello and welcome to a special edition of Galley Stories. Your host, Mark Keeler, has been called out of town for a few weeks, as you may have noticed from the missing podcast last week. So for this week and to tide everyone over until he's able to come back down, he has requested that I dig through his archives and pull out the very first episode he ever recorded. That's with Captain Craig Jensen. Here's the episode. Hey guys, Mark Kaler here with Galley Stories, true stories of uh, fishing, experiencing life in Alaska and, and other places. And with me today is Craig Jensen. Craig, tell us a little, little bit about yourself. Well, I've been a fisherman my whole life. When you my, say whole life, how old are you now, Craig? 59. 59. And my, one, one foot in the grave. Yep. Okay, one foot in the <laughs> my grave. My dad was a fisherman. I grew up on boats. In Ballard, ba- Ballard, Washington. That's uh, well, up in Seattle. It's the uh, known center of the universe. Right for for fishing or yeah. all things. Well, for all things. For all things. So when you said that your uh, your dad was a fisherman, what what did your dad fish for, and and where? He fished off the coast of Washington and up in Canada at the time, because you could do that back in the '60s and early '70s. And I was 10 years old, first time I went out with him. I wanted to go earlier, but he wouldn't let me. I was seasick the whole time, but I loved every minute of it. Do you remember the name of the boat that your dad was fishing on? The New Washington. New Washington. And that would have been about what time? Well, that was, uh, well, I was born in 1958, and I remember it ever since I could, so from the early 60s till he died in 1974. And he was fishing salmon? Uh, Trawling. Trawling, okay, okay. What was the species he was after at that time? Well, they did cod and Dover sole, Petrali sole, P.O.P., ling cod, black cod. So from a really really young age, you you were introduced introduced to this, and I grew up. It in was it. your it was your life. Okay, and uh, I never wanted to be anything else but a fisherman. Your whole life. My whole life. Okay. Any siblings that went in the same industry or field or? Well, I got three brothers and a sister. Two of the brothers, well, all three of them fished for a while, but I'm the only one that stuck with it. Okay, so made it your lifestyle. Right. Yep, I did. And uh, got two kids, I believe. Is that correct? That's correct. And they're how old now? Twenty-nine and twenty-seven. And do they are they also in the fishing industry now? Or my son is. He works at a seafood company in Portland, and he sells seafood. And so you're catching it, and your son's selling it. Is that where we're going here? That's where we're going. So did you uh, when you were coming up, you know, with your kids being born and and going out and experiencing yourself, did you uh, did you want your children to be in this industry or, or on the boats? You know, yeah. and I took my son up to Alaska the first time when he was ten. He, so like your dad? Yep. He flew up. See, my dad, the boat was here. So uh, when he was in between trips, we here meaning Seattle, yeah, or? Okay. in Ballard, and we used to just ride our bikes down to the boat after school. We'd go down there on weekends. We'd paint the boat during the summer. And I wanted my son to have part of that, and so uh, we were in Ketchikan on the on a charter, and f- we flew him into Ketchikan, and I picked him up there, and uh, bought him his first BB gun, 
in Ketchikan when in, he was 10? In Ketchikan when he was 10. Was there an eye put out? or Nope, there were no eyes put out. We tried to shoot jellyfish and stuff floating around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just Now, i got to ask you, you said when you started uh, going fishing with your dad the first time, you were about 10 years old. You were born in 59, is that correct? 58. 58. So it was 68, 68 or so. Was your dad's boat a wooden boat or yeah. a steel hull boat? 75-foot wooden boat built in 1936. Okay. Do you remember the maker of that boat? or I do. J.M. Martinick in Tacoma. In Tacoma. Yep. Are they still around? or? I don't think they are anymore. Uh, it was built as a sardine saner. And then... Uh, Sardines up here? or No, down in California. Okay. Okay. Then... It long-lined up in Alaska for halibut for a while, and then uh, by the time my dad got on it and started running it, it was a dragger off the coast here. Okay. So, Craig, you've been working for the same company. We won't mention the company right now because we're just testing this whole theory, which, by the way, guys, anybody listening to this is friends of ours because we're not going to show it to anybody else. But the company you've been working for, you've been with how long? 27 years. And how long of that has been as a skipper or captain of the vessel? 27 years. Twenty. So, from day one. Oh, correct me. Okay, so, actually, when you came into the company, you had ownership interest in that vessel. Is that correct? Yes. And then... But that was just for a couple years. A couple years. And then and then moved into to fully working for the company and, 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 and being the captain. Sold of out of the boat and just became the hired captain. Yep. And, and independently wealthy. Right? No. Is that how? No, no. no. So, so one of those kind of decisions, right? Or maybe it could have been or couldn't have been. 27 years on the same boat. You've probably seen a lot of crews come and go. And you have some of the some, some favorite ones and some less favorite ones, would you say? Well, we've had pretty steady crew on the boat for the most part. For 27 years? Yeah. And now some of the guys are starting to retire out, so we have to get some new people in. So I want to be clear, you you are still currently today a captain of a, of a vessel fishing in the Bering Sea. That's correct. Pulling Pollock out of the water. Yes. Cod or whatever else you're assigned to do, haul fish. And your crew is about to retire. So so you're saying that your your, your entire uh, boat is aging. It, it, not just the boat, but the people on it. That's correct. Yeah, it, it does happen, doesn't it? <laughs> doesn't it? But you're saying that over those 27 years, you've had a pretty steady crew over that time period. Yes. So what's the average age of your the crew on your boat? Which, by the way, is it five or six people on your boat? Five people. Five people. Well, when we had pretty much the original crew, our average age. Well, we calculated it out a few times. Our average age was uh, like mid-50s. And then uh, one that's, guy... That's when you started the boat? or No, that's when people started to retire. So that's... Okay. So because what about when you took I've it over? I've had guys that have been there for 25 years. What, what was the average age when the day you took the vessel over? Well, we were all in our 30s. Our young 30s. So... Call it thirty-four or something, or what? No, more like thirty-two. Thirty-two. Yeah. Okay. So, and how old were you when you took that vessel over? I was thirty-two. Thirty-two. Yeah. Was anybody on deck older than you? Uh, yeah. Uh, one of the guys, he was a year older than me. So not too far apart, where no. he had the whole dad complex going. No. Around. And the next, the youngest guy was like a year younger. 
Oh, me. so it was really tight. We, we were all real close. So are me. any of those guys still with you today? Yes. Which one? Jamie. Jamie, who who just recently has started to be, uh, began to run the boat himself. Yes. Thankfully, you let him do that. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's a now big it, step. You know? Now I'm half time running the boat, and uh, um, which I plan on doing as long as they'll let me. Okay, so part of this whole idea and concept is going to be not just about getting to know, getting to know you, but getting to know. What happens on an actual boat with no no bullshit here, right? So I'm going to ask you for a couple stories. All right, one of them's going to be serious, and one of them's going to be a little humorous because we don't want to ever end this with a bad story. But I, I'd like you to tell us about the first time, the first time, not the biggest time, the first time that you were at sea, whether that be when you were 10 or whether that be when you're 59 currently today. The first time when you were truly afraid and what was happening and what the surrounding was at that, at that point in time. Well, probably the first time, well, probably the only time, because I've never really been afraid. I've been nervous, you know, on sometimes maybe my navigation skill isn't what it should be, but I've never really been afraid. But uh, one time the boat I was on, we sank, we ran up on the sunken jetty at Westport. Westport, uh, Oregon? Washington. Or Washington, okay. Can yeah. you explain a little bit about how that, uh, you say sunken jetty. So for some people, they might not understand what you're talking about here. We're not all, you know, born at sea as you were. And well, a jetty is a pile of rocks that comes out that kind of separates, stops the waves from coming into the inlet. And then <clears throat> beyond the part above the water, you have the sunken jetty that extends further out that's under the water and it kind of knocks the rollers down as they come in. The rollers being the way it's coming and hitting the boats? Yeah. Okay. And uh, so we've been out on a trip and, you know, very little sleep, working real hard and it was... Uh, when, you, when you say very little, this is years ago, so how, how little is sleep? How long were you awake? Oh, we would be awake for a day and a half without sleeping. Mending nets, putting down fish, doing whatever we had to do. And I was the engineer on the boat. And uh, so we were coming in. Everybody was really tired. Captain had probably been up for like three days straight. And he'd gone to bed. We were taking watches coming in. And... Uh, so the guy on watch was having a hard time getting the captain up because he was sleeping pretty hard and the captain he he would he once he'd go to bed he was hard to get up so we were getting in towards the channel and the captain was you know hard getting up and uh instead of the crewman turning around and going back out and waiting for the captain to get up, he kept going up inside the channel. And uh, by the time the captain got up and uh, realized where we were, we were on the wrong side of the buoy. When, when you're coming in, though, you say wrong side of the buoy. So what's telling you what's right side and wrong side? I, well, you've the, got blue red, and green, or red and green buoys. Okay. 
and the red are always on the starboard side, red, right, return. Starboard side is which side? The right side. And uh, so he realized we were on the wrong side, and uh, before he could get the boat out of the way, we ran up on the sunken jetty, and I'd gone to bed. I was sleeping at the time. And you, were you the engineer on this boat at the yes, time? Yes, okay. I was. And uh, I just remember waking up to this awful screeching noise and violently being tossed around and, and getting up to go in the galley and uh, see some of the other crewmen putting survival suits on. And I ran up to the wheelhouse to find out what was going on. And uh, the captain said, we're on the rocks. And uh, the main engine had died. So I went down in the engine now, room. Wh why did the main engine die? Was it? Didn't know. Okay. And so went and down, restarted the main engine. And uh, he went and put it in gear again. And it died again. I ran down there again to start it up. And then I noticed that there was water coming up into the engine room so I started bilge pumps up and got that going and and he put it in cap and put it in gear again and it died again I started it again and then I we just realized that the propeller was damaged and you know caved in or whatever and couldn't turn can you uh, what so what year was this about Craig this would have been 78 maybe 78 1978 so you were 10 years into fishing at that point from when you were 10 years you were 20 uh yeah so you're 20 years maybe, old yeah 22 20. at the most yeah. and and an engineer on a boat yeah so from the time you were 10 now not to pull away from the story that you're telling but from the time you were 10 to the time of this point right now when you're you've had the most horrible experience ever at sea currently still today because we're going back to that point uh, you were only 10 years in the industry and already the chief engineer on a vessel yeah but I'd grown up in it you know I used to change oil on my dad's boat and all that stuff and I'm pretty mechanically inclined so it was natural for me good to be the chief on the boat so now at this point the engine won't start you figured out that it's probably something to do with the prop right yeah propeller Everything's bent up and crunched up. And okay, so, um, and you're in how many feet of water, you reckon? Well, less than 10 because... Because <laughs> you hit that Because we hit the rock. <laughs> right? Okay. And uh, <clears throat> so then the boat finally kind of drifted off the rocks again. And, <clears throat> and you know, we were doing the May Day thing and all that. And... and uh, uh, I actually grabbed the sideband, single sideband microphone and did a Mayday on 4125. And then later on, I found out my best friend was on watch on the boat he was on up in the Bering Sea and he heard my Mayday. So when you say, now just so some people are hearing us right now don't understand what we're talking about 4125, that's the very broad band that broadcasts everywhere or? Well, that's the channel on the single sideband that everybody stood by on it's okay. like the channel 16 on vhf so and uh tucker used that too right or is it 19 no years? okay that's cb okay <laughs> oh all right here we go so where was i 
Um, well, you uh, you tried to start it all. You, things were going bad. Oh yeah. Bad. So uh, uh, we ended up then. Uh, you know, the boat started sinking. It was getting lower. The deck was awash, and then we went up on top of the house. I don't mean to keep stopping. You. Deck awash. There's water all over the entire deck. There's yeah. no. You're standing in water just by walking out the back of the boat. Yes. Out of the door. Yes. Okay. And there were rollers out there, so the boat's rolling around. But if you were going to sink, this is about as good as it could get because it was a calm day, just some rollers, some ground swell coming in. wasn't rough at all. And uh, it was dark out when it started, and then, it, you know, the sunrise started, and then we could see, and we went up on top of the house to release the life raft and we couldn't get the uh, safety undone. So we had a skiff and we threw that in over and we all got in the skiff. And then the Coast Guard boat came out from Westport and picked us up. And then the last I remember seeing the boat, it was just way down at the bow and the captain was on there and uh, they were gonna get him in a little bit and they so took us in. did they get him i mean did oh yeah okay yeah, so they everybody, got everybody survived yep and then the boat kind of drifted off and sank it ripped the whole bottom out now, of the boat. I, i'm not trying to uh throw any punches at you or nothing craig but i gotta ask you 30 27 years as a captain in the bering sea well no i've been a captain longer than that I, that's well this just boat. for this company for this boat 27 years and the scaredest you ever been is in 10 foot of water going down in a river. Well, yeah, because I've never been on a boat that sank before. <laughs> no, I, I totally get it. I just wanted to be clear because... Uh, but the, see, the, I don't do stuff. I'm very conservative in what I do. So I, I, I have my theory that it's kind of like you have your border on the left and the border on the right and as long as you stay within that border you can do anything you want it's when you start getting outside those borders that's when bad stuff happens and i don't want bad stuff to happen to me so you when stay right. i'm out at sea so, you so stay if right i have to catch a little less fish so be it i don't care that's probably a really good philosophy or, or even mindset or well, even lifestyle it, choice. because It's worked for me. Yeah, you, you want to stay between the lines and not go outside. And I, I totally, and I wasn't poking fun about having your most scariest, well, kind of I was, but your, your most scariest experience was at about 10 feet of water, which I, I totally get. But you've been, I, I'm surprised that your scariest event ever has been in 10 feet of water because you've been in, 600 fathom foot of water with no boats around you ever but um, probably like you said you kept it between the lines and steered the right course the entire time and that was a young guy then at will at the wheel watch that that night or oh he was probably in his 30s was he very experienced at running that not so much i mean i would be scared if i was on a skiff and it popped so uh, i'm not uh lightening this at all but uh okay so that's a, that's the scariest but now, 27 years on this current vessel, there has to be some funny stories. There has to be something that just you cannot let go. That every time that you meet someone, you want to tell them about, oh, my God, you're not going to believe this one time at band camp. Do you have one of those? Well, there's, yeah, i got a couple. And, well, I've been telling this one the last week or so in the shipyard because 
one of the boats in shipyard is getting a new trawl fence. And now, what's a trawl fence? It's uh, kind of a short wall, about three foot high. It defines where you pull the cod end up in the on the deck of the boat to the keep net. it from rolling around. Yeah, the net where the where it pulls up. Yep. Oh, where the cod end comes up, where the fish are, and it keeps it from rolling around. So anyway, uh, a few years back it was winter time, icing and really cold out. And one of the deckhands came in and said, I think I have a hernia that really hurts bad. And I said, oh, geez, now we got to deal with this. And uh, I said, okay, well, start taking your rain gear off. Let's see what's going on. So he took his raincoat off, and then I noticed that he had a great big rip in the crotch of his rain pants on his oil. His, those, those great big orange spongy ones, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, your oil skins. Okay. And uh, so uh, um, I said, well, go ahead and take those off. So then I noticed he had a great big rip in his sweats. And he doesn't wear underwear. Okay, so hold on. So he's got his rain gear on, which are probably like several mil thick, right? Yeah. And he's crawling over the, the trawl fence you're talking about. Yeah. So it's got a, it's about eight inches wide at the top. It was just covered and made in of ice. Steel. Made of steel. Covered in ice. Covered in ice. Am I hearing a little bit of the tongue on the, the, the pole theory going on here? Well, anyway, what happened was he'd been crawling across the top of the fence and freezing his balls against the top of the fence. Oh, and he's done it over a period of time here during this one haul back, and he'd frozen his nuts, so, and they were aching so bad that he thought he had a hernia. So what, what was his reaction when you pointed out to him that he didn't have a hernia, but he had cold balls? Uh, I think he went and put on some new sweats and a new <laughs> pair of rain gear and now, went back to work. Now, this guy we both know. He still fishes with you. or Yeah. He's in the... Yeah, he's actually filling in. He's one of one of the guys that's retired off the boat. Now hello, hello Jim. In. Uh, so this has been a great conversation. Um so do you think that your, your kids will probably never go fish as you have? No. You've raised them to be above, you know, to move on beyond that. Well, not above. Not certainly. necessarily me, but that's what my wife wanted for them. Right. Was was the mom more protective at home then, obviously? and Yeah. I mean, she wanted them to go to college. I didn't ever go to college. It's not something that I had uh, any interest in doing. I just wanted to go fishing. Because I love boats. You, I you, love fishing boats. Do you think that was a lot because of your dad? You oh, looked up to your absolutely. dad so much? And, yeah. And do you think that you're carrying on your father's legacy the way that he would have wanted you to? Well, I'd like to think so, but I don't know if I am, but I'd like to think so. Yeah. I'd like to think that I, I uh, haven't shamed him in any way. Well, I've known you for a while, and I'm pretty certain you haven't shamed anyone. Well, I, and, uh, I hope not. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, guys, this has been uh, Mark Kaler, uh, Galley Stories. 
and uh, Craig Jensen, the captain of a vessel we'll name later. Um, Craig, do you have any advice for anybody out there wanting to get into this industry? I mean, some real good, solid advice. What, what do you look for when you're looking for someone new to come on board? Somebody that wants to work hard, listens to what they're told to do until they learn what to do, and has enthusiasm and wants to be there because it's not a nine to five job, it's a lifestyle. And if you're not interested in it, it's not for you. And what's the toughest part about the job? Not, not from the captain's standpoint, but from the deckhand standpoint. Well, I think just being away from home so much is the hardest part. For me, the hardest part was leaving home. That was the hardest part. And then once you're gone, it's okay, you know. And then kind of get over it. And yeah, you get over it, and then it's just work, you know. Salt cotting was really hard. That w that was much younger in your career, though, right? I mean, yeah. we haven't salt cotted. We have salted cod in a long time, right? Yeah. I mean, no, that was a lot of work. That was uh, that was grueling work. So I'm glad I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> well, you. Yeah, you can be. But I was that. lucky. I was. I did it on a really nice boat. So for guys getting in the industry now, it's really about being well. First of all, capable to leave their families because a lot of guys aren't anymore. You know, uh, work ethics a bit different than when we were growing up. Yeah, one of the things that I've noticed with the really young people is they just don't know how to work. So the first thing we have a trawl trainee program, and not everybody, but a lot of them you just have to teach how to work they don't even know how to work mm -hmm. so that's the first thing you have to teach them and then you start teaching them the basics and the They're basics knots. can be hard at first you know yeah oh just even tying knots for some of them is difficult so did your dad teach you your first knot? Not to go keep going no, back there? No, I actually learned that in Boy Scouts. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Are you an Eagle Scout? No. I would have assumed you were. No, I quit. My dad died, and I just kind of dropped out. And so I quit so, while uh, I was a star scout. Not, not to end the podcast on a very negative part, but when you, you were obviously fishing with your dad, uh, you had already chosen that as your lifestyle. When your dad left, how did you decide that that's what you wanted to keep doing? What? Well, actually, I uh, I went on tugboats for about a year and a half. My dad's best friend was a tugboat captain, so I got a job there, did that, but realized that wasn't my true calling. And then I got an opportunity to be an apprentice electrician, so I did that for a year and realized I just really need to go fishing because I was an electrician on the fishing boats that were in the fleet my dad was in and I that's just what I wanted to do so I got a job fishing and and uh, never left that was the life uh, well after working for with you the last uh, 10 years myself I, I, I think that anyone that sells with you is very safe and uh, and is lucky so uh, guys we're gonna end it with that again this is a galley stories maybe you'll hear another one maybe you won't i think craig and i might go have a drink and uh replay this and see how it sounds but uh everybody have a good night thank you good night